0: To another episode of the Electric Chair. Of course, I am your host, Midnight Corey, and uh, this time around, I'm really excited to uh, be talking with a man who is quickly becoming a regular on the show. It seems, uh, which is just fine with me. I, I could talk with him every day, and that'd be just great. Uh, but I welcome back to the show from Right Left per, ter, uh, bleh, I can't even say it right. I'm sorry. Right Left Turn Productions. Sean Ewart. Sean, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely, thank you. I'm sorry for botching the name of your, your company. I uh yeah. Oh,
1: you're not the first and you won't be the last.
0: <laughs> I just get so excited talking with you, you know. I just Right you know, get all worked up and everything and can't speak correctly. But uh <laughs> Oh man, it's it's been great. Um it, it just seems like such a long time ago that we talked. I guess it, you know, it's only probably been a few months here, but uh yeah. man, you're one busy guy. Um you know, first of all you know rightleftturnproductions.com uh, is what everyone needs to check out because uh, you know the big thing right now for you of course is sacrament um, man i am just loving all the news coming out about it uh, so much exciting casting news and uh, you know you're doing a lot of readings now a lot of pre-production things going on i'm i'm just i'm, I'm seriously i'm almost like stalking you on facebook now um, <laughs> as far as that goes cuz i you know you're always just It just seems like things are going 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 and it's really exciting so tell me about that in the last few months here sort of uh what's been going on with sacrament
1: well um yeah last time we talked we were uh i think talking with justin powers about pot zombies 2 um and now that he's done with that and he's he's kind of finishing things up there um he's uh back on our our payroll and uh, we're starting to really push forward on the pre-production stuff for Sacrament. Um, and thankfully, we'll have him there shooting with us. Um, but yeah, I mean, we finally settled on our cast. Uh, we had a, a, a table read just this past Saturday with almost the entire cast. And uh, it was great. I mean, it, it's, it's totally different to, um, you know, a, as the writer, to hear that stuff in the same voice in your head the whole time. Uh, when you've got the entire cast there going through these lines that you know you wrote months ago, and, and hearing someone else say them, uh, I, I just sometimes I just couldn't help cracking up. It just, <laughs> which sounds really pretentious because I'm laughing at myself, but it, it just some of the way that some of the ways that they deliver the lines, it was it was just perfect, and and I don't think we could have chosen
0: a better cast. Nice. nice. Now, did um, after the reading, did you uh, do any major changes? You know, did you hear something and you're like, ah, oh, man, that, uh, that's not quite as I envisioned it, so we got to change some things. Was anything like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah.
1: There, there's there was a fair amount of that um, when we went through uh, the read. I was sitting there making notes the entire time, and I have a a great um, uh, casting director named Donna White, and uh, I have a fucking amazing uh, producer slash intern who, and her name is Amanda Rebholz, um, she pushes me harder than anybody pushes me. Um, but we all sat and listened and made notes and, uh, I literally, right before you dialed in, uh, I made my final revision and sent that out to them to see what they think. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, oh, man, congratulations on, on all of this. It's so exciting. Um, so, uh, some of the, some of the, the cast announcements that you've made, I mean, it's been really, uh, really exciting because you have, uh, you got a lot of cred going on here. I mean, it's it's fantastic. The
1: the first one that we mentioned is kind of in flux right now. Um, and that, that's, that's a really kind of a downer for us. Oh, Um, really? But, um, we did, uh, just talk to Ed Gwynn from the original, Text Chainsaw Masker, and he will be joining us on the set. Beautiful. Um, and we we could not be happier to have him. Ed is absolutely one of the nicest men I've ever met, um, and is incredibly appreciative to uh, uh, horror fans. So awesome. We are we are really excited about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's perfect because uh, you know again it's not just the fact that you're you're in Texas, but uh, you know just seeing uh, the trailer for Sacrament. You know, I really yeah. got the the whole uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel to it, and I yeah. by no means do I think that you're uh, uh, doing a a ripoff by any means. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I get that feel, you know, that same kind of atmosphere going on. It's going to be com- a completely different film, but uh, yeah. you know, I kind of got that, so I think that's great.
1: We know we knew that that was coming. Um, I, I don't think that you can do a Texas horror film having to do with cannibalism without getting ties drawn back to uh, Chainsaw, yeah. um, which, you know, I grew up loving those movies, and I still do. Um, so we knew those connections were going to be drawn, and we just said, fuck it, you know, we're going to make the joke before you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we brought in, we brought these people in because we knew, we wanted this to be a Texas film, and we want to, you know, we have very few actors from outside of Texas that are going to be in the film.
0: Cool. Oh, Wow. Wow, that's great. And uh, yeah, for people wanting to uh, go and check more about uh, Sacrament Out, of course, Sinners4dinner4.com uh, is where you can go and uh, look up more stuff about that. Watch the trailer. Find out how you can contribute. Um, Facebook.com slash Sacrament Film uh, is the Facebook page. Uh, Indiegogo.com slash Sacrament The Film. Um, uh, so the Indiegogo, is that still going on right now?
1: That is actually going to run through May. Cool. Um, we have a, we're going to have a table at Texas Frightmare Weekend again this year, uh, pushing the film. So we're going to run that campaign through Texas Frightmare Weekend and see how much money we can pile into that. Nice. Um, nice. We are looking at you know just like the last probably uh, last quarter of the budget that we need, um, and then we'll be ready to go. Um, and it's, it's just, we just want to make sure there were comfortable on the money part so we can get down to the fun stuff yeah. money's the hardest part
0: yeah yeah that's that's what i gather it's uh that's got to be the most stressful part too because uh it is you got your cast you got your script i mean everything's ready to go and it's just like man yeah. man all the talent's here i mean everything we need is here we just got to yeah. have the funds to make it happen and yeah. it's uh wow yeah gotta be crazy i really
1: i really wish that we had some of our leads a little bit closer to dallas because i'd love to have them here Mm-hmm. um they are the 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 kids that we we are bringing into this thing i am just so impressed with them and i'm really just thrilled that they want to be part of the film you know they're they're really excited about it and uh you know we had uh, the read on saturday and then we spent a good portion of the rest of the weekend with uh one of the leads uh uh just hanging out going to dinner you know just mm-hmm. it, it was really good to to get to know these people and and they're really excited about the film too, so we're we're just just unbelievably happy that we've been able to put this crew together.
0: Wow, that's incredible, man! And uh, I know it's going to happen, and uh, I just like I said, I can't wait to see the finished product. And uh, yeah, everything. me too. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you of all people can't wait to see this thing finished and uh, just to get out there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now speaking of uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend, man. Now you and me, we, we've been talking, and I am. I am in negotiations right now All right. to get myself down there. I have always wanted to go there. Um, I visited Texas uh, one time in my life, actually. It was uh, uh, a work sort of uh, yeah. thing. And uh, I got down there, and uh, it was, it's just like a whole other country down there. It's a whole other planet. I mean, it's it uh, it's, its own thing, and I loved it. Um, I loved just the, the red dirt. That was there. I mean, I mean, the reason I say that is because I was on work. I was actually uh, I was on a a television crew going down to um, uh, produce a TV show of uh, cross-country dirt bike races. And um, so the dirt is one thing that obviously I was very close with uh, that entire time I was down there. But uh, I I just loved it. Uh, The only thing I, I was disappointed in, I'm like, I'm going to Texas so, you know, I'm going through all these trails and everything and doing this shoot. And, and uh, I'm like, man, I'm probably going to run into a good, good number of rattlesnakes down here.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't see rattlesnake one. <laughs> it's not the ones that you see that you have to worry about. Yeah, it's the ones true. that you don't. Yeah, true. I'm, I'm probably actually fortunate in that regard. But uh, yeah, but uh, I did have actually there was a, a real local uh, uh, steakhouse down there by the track, and I'm trying to think, I can't yeah. think of, uh, Decatur, we're in Decatur, Texas, oh, okay. um, yeah. and, uh, b- right down the street from our hotel was, uh, this local steakhouse, and we went there, and, uh, we ordered a raw steak, now, I've ordered raw steak before, and I'm up in Pennsylvania, so I sort of had this, uh, vision in my mind what a raw steak was, and <laughs> I, uh, I had no idea r- what a no. real Texas raw steak was, yeah. um, and it was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it really was. I and I was...
1: Say what? Down here, we know our meat. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, no, Texas. And and again, I'm just... Uh, I'm really hoping to get down there. Of course, that's the the first weekend in May. Um, and uh, man, the guest lineup for this thing, uh, I was looking at it. And it's actually, I think, easier to name the people who aren't going to be there. Yeah, um,
1: this is going to be a really big show. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm the kind of guy I go to conventions and I try to get everybody's autograph, no matter yeah. how much it costs me. And then I go home right. and I show my wife and I just, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I, I, this is how much I spent. And I don't believe that I spent this much. And then and now going down to Texas Frightmare, I think I'm going to have to take out a second mortgage. Um,
1: yeah, there's there's a huge <laughs> list so far, and they're still announcing
0: people. Wow, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I mean, of course there's a website everyone can go to. I'm not even going to try right now because it's going to take up the rest of our time here. Uh, right. Just to try to name everybody, but it's an amazing, amazing lineup of guests. Not to mention all the vendors and, and great things, all the films that they're going to oh, show yeah. down there. Uh, you're going to be there. And actually, I mean, yeah, I would love meeting celebrities and everything, but really, uh, I just, I love meeting... And hanging out with people like you, you know, Absolutely. independent artists and, and uh guys that are, are sort of on the front lines of independent film and just doing it for right. the love of doing it. And uh so that's actually where I get my most enjoyment from uh, going to these cons and and uh so yes, yes, you would be you would be my primary motivation for hitting Texas Frightmare. So
1: I, I yeah. think that there needs to be a Texas edition of the electric chair. So when you come uh, down at the
0: oh, hangout. Uh, that would be, that would be, oh, words couldn't describe. So, wow. <laughs> but But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm uh, hoping to get down there, and uh, anybody who is going down there, and I know a lot of people listening right now do head down there, and I just know a lot of people uh, yeah. just, you know, from, from Facebook and just different uh, different circles in the horror sure. world here that uh, hit that every year. So make sure you visit Sean and uh, check out Sacrament and everything else you're doing, man. It's uh it's really, really great, and um, so I know you're going to have a good time down there, even if I don't get down there. So, which uh, we will,
1: but you know, if you don't make it, we'll miss
0: you. I'll be there in spirit. So, indeed. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, but uh, man, speaking of other things, now you sent me this DVD uh, last time around, which uh, it was very kind of you of Jack's Bad Day, because we've uh, we've <laughs> talked about it before, and uh, just hearing about it, I'm like, I got to see this thing because it just sounds really interesting and um so th- thank you for sending this um yeah. and i'm looking i mean you, you know this was in a lot of festivals this is sort of your your debut short and yep. um man <laughs> i love this thing so much i i had a great time um i love the All originality right. of it um so just uh, give give everyone an idea for sort of the premise behind this cuz it's, it's awesome
1: So, uh, I'm sure I've told you, but I mean, most of my script ideas come out of uh, nightmares or dreams. And I had a dream one night about what it would be like for a serial killer to have a bad day. I mean, what would it be like? What would a bad day be like for a serial killer? And, you know, the more I thought about it, it, all of his victims die accidentally before he can kill them. (laughs) So, you know, one of them, she ends up going off of a roof and you know, it just, it's, it was a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. and, and and I, I, the more I kind of live with it, the more I enjoy it. I hated it for a long time and saw everything that was wrong with it, but now I can watch it and say, you know what, it's, is it perfect? No, but it's, it's pretty funny. And it, it,
0: it for a first effort and you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I realize you've you've been doing a lot of stuff like this, but this is your first sort of uh, you know thing that you put out there, and and uh, man, yeah. it's fantastic. And like you said, no, it's not it's not perfect, and yeah, you can tell it's, it's sort of an indie effort, um, oh, yeah. which is it, it's not a negative to me, but you know that's that's just what it is, dude. Man, especially the performance that you got from uh, Stephen Good, I loved. <laughs> it. Dude, he was amazing portraying Jack. He sold that man.
1: Steve and I uh, uh, worked together for about I don't know ten years or so, um, and we needed somebody who who could pull off the comic timing. And, and Steve um, actually is sort of a little kind of well known around here. I mean, he's done uh, a lot of improv comedy stuff, um, and he's just an incredibly funny guy. And he's he's just he was. A lot of fun to have on set. He just—I I think that more than anything, um, we get compliments on Steve.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. He—he uh, he, he just, you know, being that you're talking about, you know, the, the the improv stuff that he does, he was actually that plays perfectly into how he pulls mm-hmm. us off. I mean, uh, it just like you said, his timing and delivery. Um, and I think a great thing about this is so much of the film is told just in um, in the action. There's not a whole lot of spoken dialogue. Um, no. You know, everything's just told visually, and he pulled it off. You know, expressions, yeah. gestures, different things like that uh, really sold that um, sort of ironic thing yeah. that you were going for. And it was, uh, it was really fun. So uh, th- this is available. They can order this DVD, actually, right off your website. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I want to drive everybody right there. You go to rightleftturnproductions.com, click on the link that says Buy Stuff, and not only can you uh, get Jack's bad day at a, actually a really great price, um, but you have like all kinds of T-shirts for um, yeah. you know the company and different films and stuff. There's like a sacrament up there. Actually, that sacrament shirt's really sweet. And um, <laughs> but uh, no,
1: we're really happy with that. Uh, the sac. All of our T-shirts are done by a friend of ours down in Corpus Christi, um, and he runs uh, fastcustomshirts.com. Um, and all of the, the, the sacrament design, uh, for that shirt was completely his, uh, I just sent him some ideas and said, Hey, run with it. Um, and he put that together and that's, uh, it's, it's gone really well for us. I mean, people really love the shirt. Um, and for, for horror fans, I mean, most of us are, our closet is full of black t-shirts and we just had to do something different. So this one's like a baby blue.
0: You know, I appreciate that. I noticed that, actually, a lot of your shirts are, like, different. They're, like, you know, a lot of pastels and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. um, Because I am expecting black, you know, everywhere. And you're just completely,
1: yeah. Yeah, everybody has tons and tons and tons of black shirts. I'm like, why? We need something else. I need something to go with something else, you know?
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, well done on everything, man. Um, Yeah, yeah. I just... I like the way you think it's
1: well, originally it was actually going to be a silent film um, with no dialogue whatsoever. And we were kind of thinking it might play better to uh, international audiences that way, since you you don't have to translate anything. Um, But, you know, it just, it, it, to me, I think it worked out really well when the the few little things that do get spoken. um, Yeah. I I think it, it, it sells it, you know? Oh Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you did it just right. Um, and, uh, you know, just audio wise, uh, something else I wanted to mention was I really enjoyed the score to it. That (laughs) the score was outstanding. Where, what, how did that come about?
1: We have a a friend down in Waco. It's about, it, it is the halfway point between Dallas and Austin. Uh, we have a friend down there, his name is Guthrie Lowe. Uh, and he's a musician of many, many, many years. And, uh, you know, when we started talking about the film, he said, you know, no, I want to I, I'd love to score it. I said, well, I'd love to have you score it. <laughs> wow. And uh, he, he turned out something that that I think fit the film absolutely perfect. Um, I'm a huge Tim Burton and Danny Elfman <laughs> fan, and it has a very kind of Danny Elfman feel to it. Yeah. And I, I think it was a perfect fit for the film. Uh, and we, we were really proud of that. Uh, and then we talked to the boys in the the band Calibrees, uh, out of Arizona. Oh, I love and those said, guys. Hey, yeah, we uh, we really loved to use one of your songs in the film, and yeah, you know, would you guys be okay with it? Absolutely, pick a song and use it. Um, so we got to use one of Calibrees' songs in the film, and 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 we think it works perfectly with the film too. So it just all around, it, it came together really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I, that's the mark, I think, of a, a great, uh, especially a director, uh, somebody that, you know, you have a lot of talent in and of yourself, but you also know how to pick out talented people that are going to really yeah. uh, complement what you're doing and really you'll have, the, have that same vision and you can communicate well with. Um, and you're good at that, man. You're really, really good at that. I mean, just the, you know, the few things in Jack's Bad Day – that you pulled off, you yep. know, again with, you know, putting Steven in the lead and and uh with the score and, and everything, I mean, that's uh that's really good. So man, gotta give you props on that. It's uh it's really oh, I
1: appreciate that I think, so. I think that's what a, a director's job is, is to find the right people and let them do their job.
0: Right. You know? Right. So but uh yeah, everyone needs to pick this up. Jack's Bad Day, you will definitely enjoy it. It's uh it, it's a great time. It's it's horror but it's ironic kind of comedy I I don't know I don't quite how do you classify it's it's not it's not comedy it's it's ironic sort of I don't know what would you how would you classify this there's
1: there's a little bit of horror there there's a little bit of comedy there there's a little bit of three stooges there I mean there's 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 a little bit of everything there I I, I, uh, I pulled a lot of things that I was a really big fan of and Threw him at the wall and saw what stuck you know and and i think that we pulled something that I, I mean i've showed it to people that hate horror movies and they actually enjoy it quite a bit so it makes me happy to see people enjoy it awesome
0: awesome so all right all right well done well dude um man anything else you want to say about uh, sacrament of course you know all the links are going to be up where you now people can find out more can donate and uh you know come and uh, join facebook and everything but um Anything more you want to yeah, put out I mean, there?
1: That's that's our focus right now. I mean, we are really busting our asses to uh, finish up the rest of this budget and finally get to uh, to work. Um, we're gonna have another little read here uh, in a few weeks, and we've already got our effects guys started on the stuff that they need to do. And we're gonna do everything. Like, I know I've told you we're doing everything practical. We're not doing CGI stuff if we can help it. Awesome. Um, and uh, you know, I think there's gonna be one. CGI shot in the film, and uh, it's just because you know we don't have any other option to do it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, everything else is absolutely practical effects, real blood—not real blood, but you know, <laughs> not CGI blood.
0: Got to uh, got to get a big vat of like cow blood or you know something, right. something real.
1: Make the actors as miserable as possible. <laughs> yeah, we
0: do. we'll do it like in like in uh, Day of the Dead you know yeah. they actually shipped in like pig intestines and yep. uh you know stuff like that which unfortunately um you know one of the behind the scenes thing in that film is that uh they put them in the refrigerator overnight and yep. the power went out or the re- the refrigerator just didn't work or whatever so they came in the next morning and everything was was warm yep. and horribly
1: actually, <laughs> they uh they had gone on their thanksgiving holiday from the film and uh
0: Oh, it was that long. Wow.
1: Yeah, a security guard had gone in and shut off all of the electricity. (laughs) And uh, that didn't work out quite as well for him. There's some scenes in there where people look like they're about to puke, and they really are about to puke.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, more power to all the actors and stuff that actually put up with it because they still managed to do what they did. (laughs) Yeah, they did. (laughs) So, but no, you're you're probably not going to go that far with... um,
1: well, yeah, we'll see yeah. how it goes, yeah. you
0: know. Hey. Do what you got to do, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. Well, well, Sean, again, I, I can't wait to see Sacrament, and I'm going to keep everybody uh, updated on uh, what's going on and how people can help out, so.
1: Oh, we appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Whatever I can do, man. Now, um, one thing we like to do, man, is uh, kind of throw around movies and talk about films. Of course, uh, you know, the first one we talked about, what was the first one? It was um, uh, George's Intervention. Which, George's uh,
1: intervention was
0: first, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which uh, you suggested and I loved, and uh, then it was my turn, and I'm like, oh, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's pick a throwback. So I, I went with uh, you know Night of the Comet. And you weren't such a big fan, so you know I'm sort of oh for one there, um, <laughs> but uh, now I'm like, man, you're up, you're up, you know, shoot me a film, and uh, you delivered another home run, man. Um, you suggested a movie I, I've never even heard of it. Um, yeah. From 2008, it's called The Cottage, a, a British film written and directed by Paul Andrew Williams. Um, so, tell me about uh, when, how did you how did you happen on this film?
1: I I am a big fan of foreign horror, um, and even though it's 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 Britain, it's it's still foreign. You know, it's not oh yeah American horror. Um, but uh, I I watch as much foreign horror as I can, to see how everybody else does it. You know, everybody, you'll notice you watch, you know, Japanese horror versus Italian horror, French horror, I mean, everybody does something different. Everybody has certain things that they know reach their audience, Um, and it's really just, it's really cool from from a filmmaker point of view to see how people try to get their audience, you know? Um, and uh, England, I think, does a really good job of the, the mix of horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaun of the Dead, obviously, um, and stuff like that, and, and one of the ones that we had talked about was uh, uh, Doghouse, mm-hmm. yeah. and oh, yeah. stuff like that, it, it just it blows me away. It, it, those are some of my favorite films because they, they do know how to mix the horror and the comedy in the right Percentages, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the cottage was just one of those that I I came across it. I think it was a recommendation because I was a big fan of Shaun of the Dead, hmm. and it, I I had to buy it as soon as I saw it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's one I had to go out and buy myself um, because this is. Uh, <laughs> This is a a very, uh, I'm very proud to have this in my collection now um, because it's one, man. It uh, blew me away. I had no idea what I was in for. No idea. And um, now what's interesting, this is, you know, there's a lot of comedy to this um, and a lot of horror, but um, um, this was, uh, like I said, written and directed by Paul Andrew Williams. And the same year, uh, he also did another movie called The Children. Uh, Have you seen Mm -hmm. that?
1: I don't know that I have.
0: Yeah, it's um I've actually seen it a couple years ago. Um it's basically uh you know a couple um it's a big family getting together over ah. Christmas or something like that and like uh-huh. the, the kids start acting sick and and start doing weird things. So it's it's kind of the whole thing playing off of like child horror, like the kids are going weird and sure. murdering and everything. And um it's a it's a, it's it's a pretty good film actually. I really enjoyed it but um there's no comedy in that i mean it's straight yeah. straight up horror it's very serious and uh now this same guy the same year like i said makes this film which is mm-hmm. uh very very different uh still has uh, some horror aspects but uh man it's it, it's amazing the same guy can make both of these films um so yeah. I, yeah. You, you should go see the children uh, at some point I will. i'm going to have
1: to check that out now
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh really cool but uh anyhow um so what the cottage is about um and it it really kind of pulls a it takes a takes a big turn sort of in the third act man i I just i didn't see it coming because uh the first part of the movie it's basically about crime um and i thought that's that's pretty much what this was i I thought i was basically in for like this crime drama kind of thing and so i'm like Okay, man, why did Sean send me a you know a crime <laughs> drama thing? you know I, did, I was more along the lines of horror, but that's cool, you know I'll still watch it and everything and uh because we have a, this whole ransom scenario where yeah. uh, th- these two brothers have kidnapped the daughter of this this kingpin underground uh, crime boss guy, and you don't really know a whole lot about him, which I think is cool okay. um, but uh, you know that uh, he he's pretty he's a pretty uh well-off guy and he he's pretty powerful so right. they've decided to uh kidnap his daughter in order to uh you know get a whole bunch of money and they've somehow sort of wrangled her stepbrother into this whole scheme so he's kind of playing both sides and the, the yeah. this stepbrother I I love this guy cuz he's so stupid i mean he, yeah. he just he cannot get a single thing right um he's he's just the sort of your typical bumbling idiot kind of guy that messes up everything and is not apologetic about anything at all. I mean, he's just like I completely messed this up, you know? I bought the wrong ski mask. You know, right. look, what can you do? I bought the wrong ski mask. That's just me, you know. And so he it's it's funny because he almost knew who he was and that he was that way. And mm-hmm. he's just like, well, what can you do? That's just that's just me. <laughs> but um yeah. So we go through this whole thing where, uh, of course, we're going back and forth. Uh, it, things get really screwed up because, of course, uh, on the money delivery. It, it, I don't know. How much of this do I want to spoil? I don't know. Well, the money delivery is a bogus thing. I don't I don't care. I just need to talk about this with you. So I'm just going <laughs> to just going to go for it. The money delivery thing. It's, it was uh, basically a big bag full of of paper. They thought it was right. money, but it was paper. The whole thing is messed up because all of a sudden they realize that this crime boss was actually more privy to their scheme than they thought he would be. They they know exactly what was going on. And yep. uh, they know pretty much they're screwed. And uh, he has actually sent some people to this cabin that they're at. And this cabin is actually a really important part of the movie because it's an isolated cabin in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, they've taken her to and they're kind of holding up there and uh, hoping that uh, everything goes well. And it does not. But um, like I said, the, the whole thing takes this this crazy twist towards the end where they uh, things are going bad and they have to sort of go to the village that's not far away from this cabin. And uh, this village is not good. And this is actually where all the horror starts. So we have all this right. sort of crime ransom stuff going on in this cabin. And this cabin is actually where I expected the horror to, yeah. you know, sort of come at us. But no, we shift then to the village where they sort of have to go because they need a phone, they need to contact somebody that, you know, and that's where things go bad. Um, we see, uh, you know, this, this mutant guy and his family just pretty much killing everybody. Um, and we go from there. And like I said, I'm not going to spoil, spoil everything. And I've given a couple things away, but um that's pretty much the gist of it i mean it's a crazy yeah. movie and I'm, I'm sort of all over the place with it but you know that's sort of the experience that you have with this yeah. so wow sean it, it, like like i said again you've, you've taken me on a great ride with this film um and uh so going into this well first of all um this ransom thing i love mm-hmm. the dynamic between the brothers um, yeah, because, absolutely. um, you know, you obviously have the lead guy. Um, what's his name? I have him down here Andy, somewhere.
1: Andy circus.
0: Yeah. 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 Peter and David actually. Um, and, uh, Peter is sort of this seasoned, um, he's done this before he's been, sort of been around the block, you know, and, uh, right. David is just his brother that he's pulled in just because nobody would ever dream right. that, uh, he, he would pull David into this. And, um, or no, I'm sorry. I have them switch. Actually, David is the is the is the kind of criminal guy, and Peter is the, right. the weaker brother. Um, and uh, so the dynamic between them is brilliant. It's just so funny because they they really don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And um, but one thing that really really stuck out to me was uh, Tracy, the daughter of this crime boss. <laughs> I loved her. She just yeah. did not put up with any shit.
1: No. She's a badass chick. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, has a mouth on her. and
1: uh, <laughs> Yes, she does. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man, man. But uh, I don't know. I, I so enjoyed this. Um, man, uh, of course, they send uh, the crime boss, as they are holed up in this, uh, in this cottage, uh, the crime boss sends some people after them to sort of spy on them a little bit and kind of scout mm-hmm. things out and try to make things right. And it's, it's this pair of Asians And, dude, I mean, it was it was it was kind of a serious thing, but it was kind of funny because of the way they talked. I just love their dialogue. Um, They (laughs) pulled
1: that off so well. And, you know, it's supposed to be serious. They're supposed to be assassins. And it it, they just pulled off the comedy perfectly.
0: I wish I would have written down some of their lines because it was right. so good and, uh, you know, tried to emulate what it is. But you got to go watch this and appreciate how they delivered it because I am i can't do accents and I'd, I'd screw it all up. But just the way they put their words together with with, um, you know, of course, a lot of profanity um, because, of oh, course, yeah. you know, they're badasses. So, they, you know, they they got to talk that way. And oh, yeah. uh, but they're sort of doing a, you know, an English kind of. Right. <laughs> interpretation of this whole whole thing and it is hilarious absolutely hilarious um, although it's not it, none of it was like slap you in the face hilarious like haha this is comedy um, to the point where it was like dumb comedy like none of this is dumb comedy right. whatsoever um, I think it's very intelligent intelligent uh, comedy you gotta think about it and sort of appreciate nuances uh, mm-hmm. like that um, that I, I just so enjoyed but uh...
1: well, and they also they also play off of a lot of horror fans expectations. You know, when, yeah. it, it's gotten to the point now where a lot of horror scores will, you know, they build and build and build when you're supposed to have something scary happen. And then they don't do it, you know, right when, when they're going to pull her out of the trunk. It, it's it, I crack up every time I see it. <laughs> and they shot this thing so well it's it's really there are certain scenes in it that are they're beautiful to watch mm-hmm. um, Peter has a, a little fear of mods <laughs> and uh, when he he's stuck in a room full of mods in slow motion it is it's seriously it's funny it's scary and it's beautiful all at the same time
0: Well put I, that was a scene that blew me away. <laughs> in this thing because yeah. it's sort of this weird little interlude that you have in this movie because it really doesn't have anything to do with anything except it just really freaks him out you yeah. know and it, it's really as far as the plot goes like I said it just it, it really doesn't do anything but it's just a moment that's captured right. and like you said I love the, the slow mo the music his yeah. expressions uh, just everything about that scene was absolutely brilliant And, uh, I had to go back. I was actually watching the film and, uh, I paused it after that was done. And I went back and watched that over again just because I'm like, did I just see that? I mean, wow. I mean, I just, I literally, it was, uh, yeah. So yeah, just beautiful. It's that great mix of, of emotions and a great mix of, of strangeness going on there with the, the beauty and the the terror. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They
1: just—they did a really good job bringing out just little idiosyncrasies with the characters, you know. Yeah, like Peter's fear of moths, and it—it. It, it, I was really happy to see Andy Serkis um, doing something other than Gollum, you know, from mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of his now, and and I try to see everything that he's in just because he's in it. I, I love to watch him. I, I think he's a very
0: animated actor and he's just a ton of fun to watch no matter what he's doing yeah yeah fantastic actor and uh um but something you brought up before was the score to the film yeah. and how that did so much in um telling the story um and it, it's funny before when we were talking about um jack's bad day you were talking about how much you know you're a fan of like the danny elfman uh tim burton uh yeah. you know sort of this sort of thing going on there and that's exactly the feel that I got from this. I mean, was it, this pretty much could have been Danny Elfman doing this score? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure who did it. I didn't. I didn't uh, um, look to see who uh, was in charge of, of this. But uh, mm-hmm. man, fantastic score. Um, oh yeah. I think uh, you know, just very uh, cinematic, uh, very orchestral, symphonic sort of things going on, and and again, sort of quirky. Uh, when it needed to yeah. be, and uh, it did what the scene needed to do to kind of sell you on something, and then oh, maybe the maybe it, oh, maybe it brought you right to that place where you were expecting something. Again, as a horror fan, you're expecting this scene to right. go this way, and then all of a sudden it goes completely different. And that's where the score came in and and sold that to you so well. Um, I think it was you know another one of these perfect meldings of of uh, directors um, and musicians, you know, whoever did the score, um,
1: just, uh, her name was Laura Rossi,
0: man. Brilliant. Brilliant.
1: And no, I, I think she did an, an amazing job. Um, and that's, it's another thing that I think, especially the Brits get right more often than not. I mean, going back to Shaun of the Dead, the music in that movie is perfect for the film. You know, it 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 absolutely the the film would not be the same without the music.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, I think the mark of uh, you know all great film you know is that uh, you 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 take away one of these parts and it is just not the same film. You know, everything is yeah. is sort of organically melded into one right. perfect body. You know, and it's just like just like cutting off my arm, man. You don't have a, a great soundtrack all of a sudden, and you've just you know cut off my arm, and all of a sudden I, I'm just not the same i'm you know it's it's sort of that sort of metaphor and yeah um yeah yeah that's interesting man the the whole the whole uk british uh take on filmmaking especially horror um yeah. their their uh unique style of comedy which uh i think you know most of it i think is just a very monty python kind of thing you know if i have to yeah. i think uh sort of sum up british Humor, and, mm-hmm. in one thing, I just have to say Monty Python because I see Monty Python in, in just like every um, bit of British comedy uh, that um, that is out there, and maybe that's because that was the first experience that I had personally with uh, you know the British horror, or a British sure. uh, comedy, and sure. maybe that's why I think that. But I think that you know Python just influenced a ton of people. Uh, comedy, I think team.
1: that. I mean, that was that was most Americans' first introduction into British humor was Monty Python, you know, on PBS, you know, I mean, that's the first time any I- Americans had seen that kind of humor, you know, and it's usually it's very dry. It's, it's almost, it's almost, uh, it's just tossed off, you know, lines are kind of tossed off and it, it works so well with the, the dialogue. It, it's, as far as comedy goes, I have to give it to the Brits. I, I'm a bigger fan of Brits than, than I am Americans.
0: Amen. Well, dude, I mean, think about all these movies that we've been talking about, you know, like this and Sean, Doghouse, yep. everything. If uh, if these same scripts had been delivered to an American studio, an American director, um, how bad would they have screwed up these films? Um,
1: well, I don't know that they would have been done, you know? I mean, yeah, well, I yeah. don't know if... if they had turned in Shaun of the Dead or the cottage to an american studio i don't know that they would have made the film
0: hmm. you know yeah. yeah yeah or they would have just changed it so much you know well um, you
1: know there's this there's this formula that you're supposed to follow to make sure that you get your audience and that it's absolutely ridiculous yeah um and, and there is some you know there is an expectation when you're watching these these british horror that Certain things do happen on a regular basis. Sorry, I'm drinking my Guinness.
0: Oh, yeah, um, I got my IPA here, so I'm, I'm right there with you.
1: <laughs> um, you know, there's certain things that that kind of flow through all of them, but they don't necessarily follow a formula, and the cottage is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
0: It, um, it does
1: a complete 180, and you do not expect what happens, you know?
0: <laughs> No, like I said, I was I was just sort of uh, I'm like what I was I thought I had this movie pegged, um, uh-huh. you know even three quarters of the way through it I thought I had it yeah. pegged I'm like man okay <laughs> they are trying to sort of sell us this spooky village kind of thing but um, hmm. I, I I didn't really believe that anything crazy was going to happen like horror wise um, right because they had sold this whole crime thing to me and it was sort of like this quirky sort of uh crime drama that was going on and uh, yeah. i mean that's not to say i wasn't enjoying it because i was really really enjoying sure. it um but uh
1: it just wasn't the horror you were expecting in the beginning
0: well in the beginning yeah but then wow it made up for it, it and <laughs> more than made up for it at the end because they oh, yeah. they didn't hold back whatsoever no, not at all yeah brilliance um they go into this village, obviously, and the, the group's been split apart, and certain people. So it's it's basically uh, Tracy and um, uh, Peter, yeah. and uh, they're together and and just trying to figure out what's going on. This village that they've happened upon is sort of weirdly uh, deserted. They can't find anybody. And... That? Oh, somebody's at the door. Somebody's at the door. <laughs> No, no, they um they're at this uh at this house and they're just looking at it and then all of a sudden this little there's this trap door that goes down to the to the basement and whatever and it, they sort of hear right. some weird noises and everything and uh I love how they drew out that moment. Yeah. Where it took so long uh for them to open this up. And even when they did open it up they drew that out, you know. Peter was yeah. staring down into this for so long, and me as a viewer, I'm sort of pissed, but I, I can't, I can't pull myself away. You know, it's one of those things that just draws you in, and I, I have to know what do you see, what, what's going on? I mean, what is down there? And uh, I love how they did that whole sequence right there. It, uh, I think it was a great segue from up until now. We have this weird crime thing with a couple spooky village things, but you're not really sure. Uh, this right here drawing out, I think, this scene so well um, was a great segue into the utter insanity that erupts um, after yeah. that, because that's that's a turning point right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so pacing wise, um, I mean, man, you know, you as a director and uh how hard is it to sort of judge uh pacing things like this because you know you look at a scene like that, and I think I guess you have to have a certain amount of of uh, confidence in what you're doing and, and the message that you're trying to deliver and the effect you're trying to have on the audience, but uh to sit on a shot for ten seconds, you know which is an yeah. eternity in film uh to it sit there. Them. You know how hard is? That? I mean, how tempting is that to, to sort of cut to the chase, to kind of get to it? To you know, I mean, is it how hard is it to just sort of sit and let that that suspense build?
1: I think they knew what they were doing. I, I really, they were building that tension, and it it paid off so well. Um, I don't know if you watched. Um, did you watch past the credits on Jack's Bad Day?
0: No, I didn't. I, I, I okay, should have.
1: There's a little extra thing in there, but sometimes you, you oh, keep that man. shot just, just because you're waiting for the perfect moment, and we did that in Jack's Bad Day, and it literally took three or four minutes of just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Um,
0: well, you know what I'm doing and, right after the show here. I'm, I'm popping this in. <laughs> again um yeah sorry so just had it. To...
1: but yeah i i there's sometimes i think that you 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 linger on that shot just to get the perfect the perfect shot and then i with that one i i, I completely think it was intentional and they knew they were building that tension for that final payoff and and i i think they did an amazing job <laughs> yeah
0: uh, yeah and actually it's funny you mentioned the credits because the same thing happened to me with this film because there's yep. actually a huge a huge uh, scene that goes on uh, after the credits in mm-hmm. this film that I was not aware of until you know after I watch the movie I get on IMDB and you know I, I sort of look at things maybe I miss something in the plot I just go over summaries again and just make sure you know sure. that I know what I'm doing and uh there was a mention of oh after the credits this happens and i'm like yeah oh what the hell i didn't i didn't even bother to to see if there's anything after credits and so um to those listening out there you need to watch through the credits cuz there's actually um something very very um advantageous to to watching those and uh, you'll be happy you did which i yeah. did again i i went back and i i watched through the credits and oh yeah oh yeah that that was actually awesome and i missed it the first time um and uh, which a lot of movies are doing nowadays, which I think is brilliant. They are. It's, um...
1: Well, and, you know, part of it, I think they want to keep you in right. for the, the credits to make sure you're seeing the, the to to really appreciate what people have done. And I totally get that. Um, and then there's, you know, it's always fun to have a little inside joke with people that hang around, you know. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it's sort of um, you know, it's the the psychology of um, you know uh, rewards, um, where uh, you know you just kind of take that risk of um, yeah. Yeah. if you know that every time you see a movie you're going to see something after the credits, then um, yeah, you know it's it's not quite as effective. But if it's sort of a, a crapshoot, man, if if you're like man. I'm just going to stick it out because maybe there would be something, maybe not. You know, I, I've sat through a lot of movies through the credits where there was nothing there at all. I'm like, eh, oh, yeah, eh, okay. But every once in a while, you get that movie that does it and rewards you for sitting there. And uh, you're just like, man, I'm so glad I did. And it's like every movie that I've decided to just get up and, and leave after the credits or shut off the DVD, you know, as, as yeah. soon as the credits roll, uh, those are the movies that always have something cool at the end. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, but uh you know, I like I that people are doing You
1: have to come to expect it. Like if you're if you're watching an American superhero movie now, you know you have to wait through the end of the credit, yeah. the credits, right? Um, but a lot of these, like me, films like this, just horror films, you know, you, you never know. So I always wait until it, you know, it's completely finished, just in
0: case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah but uh you know all around this was uh this was brilliant uh, the mutant guy i mean i just loved uh, how brutal this guy was and that uh yeah. the filmmakers held nothing back they ha- they had no qualms with killing anybody on the entire nope. cast and uh you Nobody know oh yeah, yeah and making them die painfully too um and i'm not talking this is like a like a torture porn quote torture porn kind of thing um but uh (laughs) there was some great great violence in this and uh i mean literally they just didn't care about who they killed at all um
1: I, i don't know if you caught the uh little cameo in the film
0: was that doug bradley
1: it was Doug Bradley. I was going to ask you uh, about
0: that because I didn't catch it. His name was in the credits. Yep. And I'm like, uh, yeah, all right, Pinhead wasn't here, so it was just some some guy apparently. And I'm like, where where was Doug Bradley in this? He
1: was he was the villager with the dog.
0: Um, oh man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. And well. I just, I, it always gives a little okay. bit of. Of credibility to, to films when you know, you bring someone in like that if they want to do it even even a small part like that if they're if they're if they think it's fun enough that they're going to do it and they're obviously getting paid but you know if they think it's fun enough that they want to put their name on it I, I that gives some kind of credibility to the film
0: that's awesome and I, I was I sort of um, when I saw his name up on the screen I sort of I, I accepted that it was going to be a cameo but yeah. I figured it was going to be more like. Slappy in the face kind of thing where like mm-hmm. oh hello I'm Doug Bradley and then he sort yeah. of exits and you you knew it was him beyond the shadow right. of a doubt and then he was he was kind of gone but uh I actually like this approach more than he was very much more understated you know and just oh, uh, yeah. something that uh people like me is not, you know I'm not going to catch because of course I I need something obvious cuz I'm I'm just a dumbass when I you know <laughs> across the board but uh people like you that actually you know have an eye for these things and 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 i don't know you just uh you can pick it out and uh it's
1: become one of those kind of fun little weird where's waldo things you know you that's awesome (laughs) keep an eye on the on the actors just keeping in touch with the story but also just keeping an eye on who's in the film just to to see what they're what they're doing yeah
0: yeah and i mentioned pinhead i was sort of hoping pinhead was gonna pop in there for like two (laughs) seconds and and everything, because um, right, this this could have been a much more uh, effective Hellraiser movie than we've seen in like twenty years or more. Oh uh, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, that's a totally different show. Um, but uh, actually, you know, mentioning Doug Bradley, he's actually a really, really a great guy. Um, and he's, I um, believe it or not,
1: of, he's oh, just sorry. a really, really sweet guy. I mean, yeah. I uh, I think I've met him four times now. And, and he, uh, we sat and talked about books and he gave me this list. He wrote me out a list of books that I need to check out. And he just, he's a really, really cool guy. Very down to earth.
0: And that's what I get from everybody that's met him. Um, that he is just really, really cool. And, um, I, uh, I'm kicking myself right now because I was at a, um, there's a, there's a, a big drive-in, sort of horror thing that goes on uh, a couple times a year now and it's in this little in the middle of nowhere town uh, about a half an hour from where I grew up in the middle of rural Pennsylvania but it's at a drive-in theater and uh, they uh, do this for an entire weekend and they show horror films on 35 millimeter film Um, like uh, four movies on Friday four movies on Saturday and, uh, you can camp out there, you can party. I mean, everything, it, it's fantastic. So I went to the one, uh, last September and actually there's another one going on here in, uh, uh, April. That's going to yep. feature day of the dead and return of living dead on 35 nice. millimeter and the drive-in. So there's no way I'm missing that. But, yeah. um, I was at the one in uh, September and, uh, the theme was a lot of hammer horror and which was mm-hmm. really cool. I'd I love hammer horror. And, uh, but of course, you know, it's at a drive in, I'm partying, there were some other podcasters there that I'm cool with and everything. And I of course we didn't last through I, if you're gonna watch all four films each night, you're gonna stay up till like four in the morning. You know, it's oh, yeah. it, it's like crazy. So of course we didn't make all four films and we didn't really get around a whole lot to talking with different people and stuff there because it, it was just you know, what it was. Well right. um so the week after that, I'm, I'm talking with people afterwards, and yeah, I had a great time, and, and uh, somebody comes up to me, and they say, hey, did you know that uh, there were two pretty big names that uh, showed up that weekend, and they actually hung out and watched the movies? And I'm like, no, who was there? And they're like, oh, well, the first one was Tom Savini, and of course, you know, Tom Savini, <laughs> so, this is near to Pittsburgh, so that right. didn't surprise me, and, and that's cool. But uh, they're like, yeah, Doug Bradley was there, too. Wow. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This place is in the middle of nowhere. Literally, yeah. middle of nowhere. Doug Bradley, he's a Brit, so I, I figured he'd live across the pond, you know. And so what's he doing here in this little this little nowhere town? But literally, Doug Bradley showed up in this little town at this awesome drive-in sort of uh, horror film festival. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that, that just says a lot for his uh, his character, the kind of guy that he is um because he didn't yeah. try to go there and sort of uh, announce that he's there you know there right. or else somebody like me I would have I would have flocked to I'd, you know of course sure, everybody sure. would have flocked he'd, to him
1: he'd be surrounded by people the whole time and
0: right right but it was just after the fact they're like yeah they they showed yeah. up they hung out and that was it so that says a lot um and uh I yeah I I have a lot of respect for him and I hope to meet him I'm I'm jealous that you've you've spoken with him so many times. He's a a pretty amazing
1: dude. I mean, he, I, have been a huge fan of his since I was a kid, mainly because he, uh, he did play pinhead and he's, he's played such a big part in Clyde Barker's films. And Clyde Barker is, is probably the the biggest influence on, on the stuff that I write and the stuff that I shoot. I I am just an incredibly huge fan of his.
0: Um, I was going to say that next. I could, uh, I could pretty much, uh, um, I don't know, figure that you were probably a a big Clive Barker fan. Um, I am, I am. I
1: have, uh, I I actually, this last time that that I got to meet Doug, I I have a, I don't know, we've talked about it, but I have a, my whole leg is uh, tattooed in uh, the the big kind of horror bad guys, but it's only the ones that I've met, and uh, I met Doug before that and then got pinhead tattooed on me and took in a, a picture of, of the tattoo and, you know, he signed it for the tattoo artist and everything. And he's like, wow. this, is, this is great, you know, and <laughs> it's kind of cool to be able to show that to them. And, you know, the, the, I, horror, horror actors, horror, uh, filmmakers, I, I think really appreciate their fans more than anybody
0: else. Right. Right. Yeah. And few and far between are the, are the, um, more stuck up, um, sort of Hollywood types that you're going to meet. There's definitely a few of them. There are, and I I have to say, and of course we're veering way off from what we were talking about, but I I don't care. (laughs) Um, um, We mentioned Tom Savini. Have you ever met Mr. Savini? I have actually met Tom three times,
1: um, and it's been a mixed bag. Um, I believe He was really great the first time I met him, the second time, not so much, and then the third time he was really great, so... Uh, it just kind of goes to show you everybody has bad days. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, again, he's, he's one of those that I've been a huge fan of since I was a kid, um, because he did the effects on some of my favorite films, you know, the stuff I grew up watching, the stuff I grew up loving. And, and it's sometimes it's a real letdown when, when those people turn out to be, you know, not so much fun, but like I said, you know, Tom, the, the, the. Couple times was was absolutely great.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's. Um, I think it's tough for people like us that uh, we're we're such big fans of certain people's work. Um, sure. You know, we we idolize people. We put them up on a pedestal. We're like, oh my god, sure. they're they're so great. And I think yeah. we uh, a lot of times it's hard for us to accept that they're just people like you and me. It is. And it is. you know they they have everyday lives just like we do. And they have everyday tensions and, and things just like we do. Um, and,
1: uh, they're surrounded by, they're surrounded by people that, you know, want to say, tell them how much they love them. And, you know, on one side, I think that's great. But on the other side, I mean, how many times can you hear the same thing? You know? Right. Right. Or you're just jaded and yeah, I get it. You liked it. Great. You know, here's your autograph. Go away. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, I, this, this past, uh, Texas right weekend, I met, um, God now I feel bad cause I can't remember his name, but he's the, the guy that was in uh, human centipede 2. I had oh. no desire to see that movie. I saw the first one. I didn't think it was very good. Um, I saw, you know, I, he and I sat outside smoking a cigarette talking for God, probably half an hour. Um, and he is just the sweetest guy and he's the reason I watched the film and he's the only reason I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I watched human centipede two, which I got to say, I enjoyed it more than the first one. Um, and it's, I think because he was such a, a, a real kind of guy, you know? Yeah. He was just really straight up and, and very appreciative and, you know, I, he, he didn't have to impress me, you know? Yeah, He was just a, a real guy and we just sat there and talked. It was great.
0: That's awesome. And I, again, that just speaks to the value of going to, uh, conventions and, um, again, you know, Texas Frightmare, I, I have a ton of them in my area because of course Pittsburgh is yeah. a hotbed for, for horror and, Absolutely. and there are a million conventions here. So obviously I'm bled dry constantly during the year, right. you know, just a, right. you know, different things. But, uh, Man, uh, you you sort of learn, you know, that these are real people and yeah, they will actually hang out and like you said, I mean they'll they'll go out and they'll they'll have a smoke with you. You'll you'll go yeah. to the bar, they'll have a beer with you. You know, right. and just hang out and and talk about whatever. And uh it, it's it's very valuable to go there and I think very much worth your while even of the, just the entry fee and going there and just hanging out for the weekend and and just Absolutely. Yeah. Because, like I said, they are real people, man. They are real people. They they have real things that they're dealing with. It's just like you and me, but they just happen to be in this, this position of of doing some really great stuff. And uh, But, yeah, they're going to have bad days. They're going to have times when they're pissed. They're stressed. Sure. They've got things going on. And you sort of have to understand that. And uh, that's, that's me. That's why I brought up Tom Savini because um, that's exactly what I've experienced with him, too. It's been a mixed bag. Um, yeah cause the first time I met him, um, was the last time horror hound came to Pittsburgh, which is like five or six years ago. And, um, and as soon as I mentioned the hounds, then the hounds start, you know, you know, getting you know. up. but that's, that was appropriate. And, uh, but no, um, he was there. Um, Tom Savini, he had this whole, uh, uh, booth, like a double booth set up of his school. Cause he has this effect school and, um, So he was there, and I got there early, right when the door opened, and I'm like, this is the first convention, actually, that I went to in a long time, and he was there, first time I was going to meet him, so he was the guy that I wanted to actually go there and talk to, and I had in hand um, my DVD of Night of Living Dead, 1990, you know, that I was hoping he'd sign and everything, and I just couldn't wait to talk to him, so I went to his table, and he was there, he was right behind his table, and he had some other guy there with him, and... They were talking, so I was the only only one to come up to the table. I was the only one there, and yeah. so I'm standing there, and Tom is there talking with this guy, and I'm I go right up to the table, and I'm right there, and I'm like, all right, I'm waiting. Tom talked to this guy for like the next 15 minutes, <laughs> and it's like I wasn't even there, you know. Yeah. It's like, but I was obvious. I mean, he knew I was there, because I was right. Yeah. There. I was I was like three feet from from. But he just talked to this guy, and there's just bullshitting about whatever, but it was literally fifteen minutes I, I, I stood there, and he was just lucky that this is the first time I met him. It was you know you know a, a one of the conventions I haven't been to in a while, and so I was willing to deal with that, but then i um i I shook his hand I'm like, hey, I really love your work blah blah blah, you know the typical fanboy shit and sure. then um after that i I pulled out this uh, night of living dead d v d and I'm like Would you be so kind, you know, as to sign this? And he gave me this look because he had this stack of the very same CD or the very same DVDs, like right beside where I was on the table, this big stack. And he knew that I had been standing there for a while and he sort of eyed me really weird when I like pulled out that DVD because it's almost like he was wondering if that DVD was from the pile and I was... Right. try you know they did trying something so I, I i i could sort of tell that, and i just I was rubbed the wrong way by that guy the first time, you know his, yeah. um he seemed uh, just I, uh, I don't as know as far
1: as he goes though I tell you what I have not seen anyone work their table the way that I've seen him do it um and and being part of uh volunteer staff that that does this these these cons he is the first one in there setting his stuff up and and making sure everything's where it needs to be and um, like i said i i think that you know we everybody just has to appreciate that sometimes they have bad days mm, yeah um and and you know sometimes they 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 don't want to hear the same thing over and over and i i totally get that you know yeah. um and uh but you know the other times they're absolutely great and like i said the the two out of the three times I've met him, Tom was absolutely just, just wonderful. He was exactly what I wanted Hmm. him to be. You know, he, he was very appreciative and actually sat and listened and he talked and it it was really nice. So uh, I think that sometimes people get a bad taste in their mouth after, um, just a single, just happened to be the wrong time, you know, And, and you, you catch them at a bad moment and, then that's the kind of the thing that's stuck in your head, and that's that's kind of the danger I think for the fans and for for the the guests. You know, sometimes you just you catch them at the wrong time, and that's the taste that's left in your mouth is that bad experience.
0: Yeah, and that's a lot of uh, I think pressure on on uh, these you know quote big sure. big name um, directors, actors, and everything is they sort of always have to be on their A game. Right, right. They always have to be on, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, for me, but but I realized that, and uh, I saw Tom again at uh, Cinema Wasteland here a few years ago, yeah. and um, I went to at the table again, and I shook his hand and everything, and I, I probably, I, I think I bought something else from him, and yeah. uh, he was fantastic. He was so good, and he shook my hand. He's like, hey, let's take a picture. You got a camera? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And, you yeah. know, he was, if so, um, yeah, so it's it's... It's a mixed bag, like you said. And uh, I, I think um, there there's a lot of people like that. Uh, when it comes to actors and everything, being that they are actors, I, I think that they can pull off sort of being on their A-game uh, a, a lot more than uh, maybe directors and stuff like that, just because yeah. they can act. Um, well,
1: you know, I mean, most of these people, if you, if you really sit down and talk to them, they are... Some of just the most genuine people, yeah. um, and I, I I can count the people on one hand uh, that I'm disappointed that I that I bothered, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I can't toss those names out there, but there's, no, no. there's some some people out there that that are some really big names that, you know, and part of it I think is the fault of the fans that you you build you build these people up so much. And the expectations are so high, and when they don't need it, you know, you're, you're left kind of drained. You know, it, it's it's just kind of a, a big letdown.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, I mean, still the the value of just going to these cons and meeting oh, these sure. people, um, the vast majority of who you're going to meet and talk to at these cons do not fit into this category of not at all. Um, Maybe it's going to be good. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's still just a fantastic experience, man. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, wow. We were sort of talking about uh, Doug Bradley because of, uh, you know, the cottage and everything. So let's get back to the cottage again. Um, right. But uh, wow. I mean, pretty much. How did the ending sort of, you know, without spoiling the ending ending. Um, you know, um, how did you feel about, uh, the ending of this? Was this sort of where, uh, were you satisfied with this? You know, it, even, even given the, the scene after the credits,
1: it was not what I expected, but it was, I, I think the right ending, you know, yeah, I, I think that they did it right. And like I said, it's not what I was expecting them to do, but it, it definitely ended the way I, I thought it should end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was fully satisfied with the ending, so much so that I didn't even bother to, like I said, go through the credits and everything. I'm yeah. like, wow, yeah. great ending. Shut it off. I'm done. That was that was great. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like I said, they uh, they did not um, hesitate to kill a lot of people. You know, people that no. you might not expect to die. Um, Very
1: much like our uh, beloved Walking Dead. Nobody is yes. safe.
0: Thank you. Are, are you current with The Walking Dead?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. man. Can we talk about that? I mean, let, okay. Let's uh, let's wrap this up about um, about The Cottage, of course. Sure. Um, okay, out of 10, man, what, what? just throw a number out there. You know, 1 to 10. I'll
1: tell you what. I, on, on our Netflix thing, I think it goes to 5, and I, I wish I could have done more. Oh, wow. I, wow. I am such a big fan of this film. I... I like I said, as soon as I saw it, I, I bought it right then and there. I had to buy a copy of it.
0: Wow! Yeah, same here. Um, <laughs>
1: it's one that I've watched probably ten times, and I still love watching it. It's it's a great flick.
0: I believe it, man. I am right there with you. I cannot wait to watch this again. It was so yeah. much fun. Uh, I'm sure I missed so much, and that's another thing. Uh, you know, again about uh, British humor is I'm sure I missed a lot of nuances. And yeah, you watch it again, and you catch something else, and you're like, "Oh man, that was that was great." And uh well, I
1: mean, it's just like I mean, you t- talk about Monty Python. I mean, Faulty Towers. <laughs> there are only 13 episodes of that show, right. And I see something new in them every time I watch them.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, that's a lot of the brilliance behind the cottage. And uh, yeah, I'm going to give this uh, pretty much the highest score that I can give. Because I don't give 10s, because my 10 out of 10 is Dawn of the Dead. And um, that's... The remake, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, uh, 78. 78. But no, um, although, I mean, the remake is really good, too. But it's nowhere Uh, near...
1: As far as remakes go, I really
0: enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was was really good, but not a 10. Um, So I'm going to give this a 9.5. Out of 10, yeah. it, it is cool. it is damn near perfect. Uh, just yeah. a movie that I loved for so many reasons. I mean, there are so many levels there, so many layers that I could peel away um, and that uh, I have yet to peel away because uh, I'm sure I just haven't I haven't fully absorbed everything that's going on here and haven't appreciated all that right. it is. And, um,
1: and now you have to go back and look for Doug Bradley.
0: I do. I do. And if I have to watch this, like, fucking 100 more times, I'm going to catch Doug Bradley. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, great pick. And, Sean, I think from here on out, when you come on the show, you are picking the movies.
1: <laughs> well, I we've got a, a sizable collection, so oh, I nice. will not run out, I can tell you that.
0: Nice, nice. Um, so thank you for this. Uh, of course, this is something that uh, I'm going to um perhaps even show my little my little boy you know when he grows up and he likes horror yeah. films and stuff hopefully i'm going to show to him when i think he can uh sort of appreciate and withstand right. this level of uh, gore that he sees at the end it's uh yeah. it's amazing but it, it's literally one of these movies that uh, i think is something special and uh <laughs> awesome but uh oh you made a mistake and you brought up the walking dead um <laughs> man and uh I'll tell you what. It's funny because literally over this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, today, mm-hmm. I watched the entire season three. And um, today, yeah. actually, this morning, I watched um, the the um, the newest episode. It yeah. was on uh, last night. So, man, uh, you know, going from season two to season three, there's a huge thing because we're seeing um, the whole prison arc of the story. Um, and I don't know if I've asked you this before, did you read the comics at all?
1: I, I am constantly reading the comics.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, so, uh, there's, there's some differences here. We see some different characters and everything, and they're fairly minor. Um, the biggest thing to me is, is, uh, watching Herschel sort of inherit, uh, Dale's role from the comic. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah, minus it, it, Andrea, yeah. cause Andrea is completely different. Um, Oh yeah, she's she's completely
1: 180 from the way she is in the in the comic. Yeah, Um, maybe not 180, but she's definitely 100 degrees off.
0: (laughs) Yeah, being she kind of sleeps with the governor. Yeah, that's. uh... She does.
1: Yeah, uh, she. uh, (laughs) I I was really interested to see the direction that they decided to take uh, Woodbury. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding.
1: It's it's absolutely not what I was expecting, but. so far they've they've kind of done that throughout the series that things are different enough that I can appreciate the show and the comic. Yeah. Um, I I am a huge fan of both Um, the comic. I devour those as soon as I get them. Um, And the show's the same way. I mean, as soon as it's on, I I don't answer my phone. I don't (laughs) do anything. I'm watching the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm actually, it's funny for me. I actually DVR everything. And yeah. I just sort of watch everything in one giant spurt, man. I, you know, like I said, this weekend was my entire season three. Um, yeah, and uh, that's just because of my schedule and stuff, and it, you know, whatever. But um, man, this show—I oh, can't believe that. First of all, AMC is showing this this level of gore um, yeah. because season yeah. three is the goriest that we've seen.
1: It definitely is. Far. Yeah. All, all the stuff in the prison and uh, Woodbury vote. Um, I uh, I'm kind of cringing every time I see a new episode, just wondering how far uh, towards the comic they're going to go with uh, Woodbury. Yeah, because there's some really, really horrible stuff happening in there.
0: You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'd like, you know, we we mentioned the governor and just sort of the direction they went with him. Where at first I yeah. I, I, I saw the governor. Um, as he was sort of uh, presented in season three. And uh, it's very different than how he was presented in the comic, because in the comic, you know, he was sort of this, uh, this biker guy, you know, it's sort of like immediately you sort of didn't trust him in the comic. You know, you you sort of, you sort of saw his look and you're just like, man, there's something about him. I don't know. He's, I don't know. But, With the governor on the TV show, um, he's sort of like a very southern gentlemanly sort of uh, that thing going on. Um, He's actually really polite. He's got nice combed hair and stuff and a good smile. And and I know um, I can't remember the actor's name. Um, He's a British guy that uh, is playing the governor, actually. Um, But uh, he likened this to like a Jim Jones sort of character. Um, yeah, where facts. you know he came across very nice, very personable. You like him, and uh, but you know there's actually these very horrible things going on underneath the surface, um, which I think he, he pulled off brilliantly. But uh, yeah. just a great uh, difference from I from the comics. I
1: have to say, I mean, I was disappointed when I saw who they were uh, casting as the governor because it, it, it's not. The guy you expect from the comic, you know, I mean, right. if, and I've talked to this about about this with tons of people. Uh, the governor, as far as we're concerned, should have been Danny Trejo.
0: Yeah, I was going to say he that. Should have been, <laughs> yeah. He should have been the governor. Um,
1: right. But I don't think that he could have pulled off. The the relationship that they have with Andrea right now, if it had been Danny Trejo, he would not have been. Quite as charismatic. You know, he's yeah. he's a buff dude. He's tattooed. He's scarred. I mean, he he he's not that
0: he he can't walk both sides of the line, you know. Right. And uh, he does. He holds this level of attraction to people yeah. like Andrea and, um, you know, basically the entire town of Woodbury. Um, and uh, that any any person would look at this guy, you know, and, and say, hey, he's a, he's actually a pretty good guy. And he yeah. looks good. He talks good, and so yeah, we're we're happy with him. Um,
1: and you know, you get behind closed doors, and he's got aquariums full of uh, zombie heads.
0: Of course, pulled straight from the comic on that, which I, I really, yeah. really loved. I thought they did that well, especially when we saw the head of the uh, the helicopter uh, pilot yeah. or whoever that was. You know, uh, you know, in the top tank, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, it was really good. And of course, his zombie daughter uh, Penny that um, yep. he was uh, holding... I mean, again, straight from the comic, which I think was really, really important to his yep. character. I'm glad they kept that. And uh, But, man, man. It, so, I was with you. I, I was disappointed, too, in how they presented the governor because I, th- I thought it was a little bit soft uh, coming yep. off, you know, because it, it, it doesn't take long in the comic for you to know that something's going on with the governor and then oh, yeah. sort of grow to hate this son of a bitch and just... Oh, you can't wait to see what happens but um yeah this takes you know the TV show takes a little bit longer for you to to really uh to really hate this guy and actually I have loved what he has grown into right now yeah because right now he has crossed the line uh he' has, uh got the eye patch which is <laughs> which is awesome yeah yeah and um, he is just all out pissed. He is just vengeful right now. He cannot wait yeah. to get to the prison and to get back at Michonne and whoever else right. gets in his way. He can't wait to see. Uh, I'm sure uh, Merle again, and right. um, which that was that was a huge thing on uh, sort of the uh, uh, the halfway uh, episode here um, that mm-hmm. we just saw um, with Merle and Dale or Daryl. I'm sorry. Uh, Murrow and Daryl, um, that sort of went, uh, went somewhere. Daryl was, uh, was more loyal to his brother than to the entire group, which was interesting. but, uh, but anyhow, I'm getting, I'm getting way far ahead of myself. So um, how do you see you know the governor, what he has grown into now, uh, the state that he is in now, as opposed to where he was, and then again, in light of where the governor was in the comic?
1: See, I, I think that he always had that, that side that he's just very, um, he has a face for the crowd and then he has a face behind closed doors, you know? I think he's a rotten bastard, you know? I, I, there's no way around it. I don't think that there is a good bone left in his body, you know? And, and I think that follows along pretty well with the comic. He's very conniving, you know? Um. But uh, I, I was, I have to say, I was kind of disappointed not to see Michonne, uh get her uh, get her licks in, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he did far worse things in the comic. He did. It was much, much worse than Michonne. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, she had a lot more reason to kick his ass in the comic uh, yeah. than she does on the TV show. Um, And I thought that's sort of where he was going with... um. Uh, What's her name? Um, Glenn's girlfriend, Maggie. Uh, Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, I thought that's where he was going to go with Glenn and Maggie um, when he had them, and he sort of did, and then he sort of pulled back. Um, He didn't quite do the whole rape torture thing with Maggie that I thought he was going to do. I I was actually expecting that. um, Yeah, no, I I totally
1: expected that to happen. Yeah, but he didn't. I'm glad they didn't. That's that's you know. As much of a fan of horror as I am, I really hate seeing that on film. That just really, really turned me off to watching what I'm watching.
0: Well, even, uh, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, even uh, knowing what we saw in the comic, um, he repeatedly raped Michonne in the comic. Repeatedly. um, And did terrible things. I mean, just beat her up. and uh, Yeah. So how did that affect you in the comic? Um, it was implied of course. In the in, it
1: was, the I mean, it, it, you knew it was happening, but it wasn't that graphic. Yeah. One of the, the films that did it, that I just, at that point I shut off when I was watching the film. Um, the, uh, what is it? Hills have eyes Two, the remake. Oh yeah. It yeah. was, so there the rape scene and that is so graphic that i, I just it, it completely loses
0: me you know yeah 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 and I, I think um i don't know it's a it's a weird line to walk with uh film especially yeah. horror you know it's it's like uh, what's the point that you uh go to what do you show um yeah and yeah. you know that's that's kind of rough and And people, you know, people are going to bash you either way. You know, they're like, oh, why didn't you show that? And then there are certain people that like, oh, why didn't you why didn't you show that? You know, and yeah, uh, yeah, I just I can't get into that. You know, I mean, I understand
1: that it's it's shocking and it's it's hard to watch. And that's what horror is. But that's that's kind of the line for me. You know, I, I, I honestly I can say I will never put that in a film. Um because A I don't wanna be on the set. I I, I don't wanna be in in any proximity to that happening on, on a set and I, I don't wanna see it, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm glad they uh did what they did with The Walking Dead and uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that scene. I think they handled it just right and uh I don't think they did it just because they were on AMC and there's only so far you can go on AMC, you know. I No, I
1: think that they did that partially because they're on basic cable but partially I think they did it because they showed he's willing to go pretty far you know and the whole thing with him wasn't it wasn't sex it wasn't rape it was he wanted her to be afraid and that's what he did
0: right it was a psychological aspect there that he was he was gonna he was gonna take them right to that line yeah right up until that and then that's where he was going to pull back and and just yeah. sort of leave his leave his mark, you know, that that was
1: oh, and if you watch, I mean, Glenn thinks it happened.
0: Right, right. And that messes with him a lot. Yeah. 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 The So, this is um to me, you know, looking at uh where we are now in the series, uh, I'm I'm just loving it. Um, but just seeing how quickly the series yeah. on TV is catching up with the comic, um, they are. Um, are yeah. you concerned about you know uh-huh. this this inevitable sort of crossroads that we're gonna meet here?
1: <laughs> I so far the way that that I've seen it work out is the first collection, and I, I buy them in trade paperback. Mm-hmm. So it's I. I don't even know how many issues it is. I think it's six issues, right. um, and um, the the first trade was pretty much season one. The second trade was pretty much season two. Um, I think that they're going to have to cram some extra stuff into uh, season three, just because they're so short on characters. Uh, in the comic, there's so many more characters mm-hmm. at this point. That they just they don't have them and, and they don't have those storylines for for the show. Yeah, hmm.
0: yeah. I mean that's a, and maybe I'm 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 one of these guys. I'm actually behind in the comics. Um, actually, yeah. uh, there What what issue? It's a hundred and what they're up to now in the comics. I know that
1: that book sixteen has come out.
0: So that's oh wow. Yeah.
1: So I'm waiting anxiously for book 17 to come out because they, they take me about an hour to get through and then I have to go back and read them again.
0: Oh man. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I don't know. There was, there was so much more I think that happened in the prison. I, it just, it seems crazy to me that, uh, the prison stuff has gone by as fast as it has because it seemed a lot longer in the comic to me.
1: it, It does. And I think it's because there are so many more people. Yeah. Um, there were more uh, more people uh, as part of Rick's group, uh, and there were more prisoners. Um, and some wrong, wrong shit happens in the in the <laughs> comics.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, I, I again, I'm glad they didn't show that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it could have been one of those times that it just turned me off, and I would really hate that to happen with the show. Um, but uh, you know, they, they have a limited. Cast of characters to deal with at this point because yeah. they just they don't have the 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 numbers, you know, to keep things going close to the comic.
0: All right, all right. Well, so in light of this, man, what's your prediction? I mean, what do you think? Are we going to see Daryl and Merle again? I mean, I think it's it's sort of an obvious setup. We are going to see them. I think arrive at a very uh, uh, opportunistic time, yeah. You know, uh, in I, this whole battle between the governor and the prison and everything,
1: I, I think that that Daryl is going to end up killing the governor.
0: That'd be awesome, uh, <laughs> yeah. But
1: I also, I, I, I can also see Daryl killing Merle.
0: Oh wow! I said it. Mm.
1: I, I could totally see it happening. You know, Not because Daryl knows, Daryl knows that Merle's a piece of shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, but
1: he has that that family connection that he couldn't let go of. But I, I really think that a little bit of time when he's alone with Merle for long enough, I, I think he'll kill Merle.
0: And is it wrong for 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 me to just? Like Merle is the biggest yeah. asshole in the world. He is. I mean, He's <laughs> such a piece of shit. I love the guy. I can't wait actually to hear what he says next, because yeah, yeah. he is such an asshole. Everything he says, and I feel so bad. But I'm I'm sort of like laughing at everything he says during the show because I'm like yeah. you're such an asshole, and yeah. I can't believe you're saying this. Um, and, but yeah, I mean it's. I, that would be great and I, I, I uh, sort of, um, I don't know, I, I expect that out of a show like this that they're going to do a twist like that because they've played so much on the brotherly bond between yeah. Merle and Daryl, and, uh, w- which is something that has apparently broken the bond between Daryl and the rest of the group, which right. we thought was really, really strong for a long time. But no, mm-hmm. he's my brother, so I'm gone. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um. So that would be, a, I think, a great plot point there. And uh, just to see Merle, man, kill the governor. I was, ah, I don't know, man. It, it's tough. I mean, is it going to be Merle? Is it going to be Rick? Is it going to be Andrea? I mean, uh, Andrea killing the governor. I mean, that would be, man, that would be crazy, too. You know, somehow Andrea yeah. in this whole mix-up, you know, is, is swayed. Back to Rick's group somehow, and then ends up being the one that kills the governor. I mean, that would be that'd be crazy as well. Or Carl, you know? Shit, oh,
1: God, <laughs> I don't know how far you are in the comic, but I can tell you that uh, one of the books I I nearly threw it across the room. I was so pissed off when I read. It. <laughs> oh. I just I got to got to a certain page in the comic, and I yelled, "Are you fucking kidding me?" and i almost threw the book across the room i was so pissed
0: wow i don't think i've gotten that far i would have remembered that
1: yeah yeah it's wow it's uh it's a rough spot in the book
0: wow man man that says a lot for for the comic man that that can evoke yeah such an emotion in you And, uh, you know, in me, I mean, just reading the comic over the years, man, it's it's evoked so much in me and even the TV show and where it's going, I think, is so brilliant in and of itself. Um, Yeah. Doing so many great things. So, uh, man, I can't wait to see what happens, dude. This is uh, (laughs) this is so good. I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing, uh, you know, things on AMC where people are saying that this is the best TV that they've ever seen, the best series. And, you know, all kinds of things. So, I don't know, where do you rank this as far as TV horror goes? Um, I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this on on, on TV as far as horror goes. Um, no, as never. far as this sort of violence, this sort of awesomeness as far as zombies go. And, of course, I'm biased because I love zombies. But um, this, to me, I think this is one of the greatest things that I've seen on TV, hands down. What do you think?
1: Uh, I... I cannot think of any horror show, um, at least a series like this, that has ever uh, held my interest the way that this one does. Mm. You know, I mean, I was a huge fan of the X Files, and they had their fair share of horror. Um, there's been some other shows that were that were horror based, but none of them have been at this level. I've not seen a show that I, I could compare to this one. I am just, uh, like I said, I, I as soon as the show's on, I'm ready to watch it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, man, man, an absolutely phenomenal series. And thank you for taking this extra time with me yeah, because absolutely. we could have been done a long time ago if I just didn't decide to hold you here for, uh, you know, a while more to talk about The Walking Dead. But it's I couldn't Correct. wait to talk with somebody about The Walking Dead, and you were sort of the first guy yeah. that uh, mentioned it. So I sort of held you captive here for a while no. to. Uh, on about it but uh, man thank you for spending so much time with me tonight and absolutely, um, you know I, I hope we can just keep doing this because uh, I have such a great time talking with you brother and it's uh,
1: absolutely man I, I,
0: anytime you want to do it oh oh man you don't know what you're saying there man I'm going to hold you to that. But, uh, of course, everyone listening right now, you know, check out Sean and his uh, awesome work going on right now. RightLeftTurnProductions.com is his main website. If you go to SinnersForDinner.com, and, of course, that's the number four, um, you're going to go right to the Sacrament page where you can find out more about Sacrament, how awesome that is, watch the trailer, figure out how you can uh, donate, contribute to this thing, and really make it happen right and um, on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash Sacrament Indiegogo.com slash Sacrament The Film. And um, there's so many places uh, where you can go to check out Sean and his awesome work. Of course, I am Midnight Cory here on The Electric Chair, and this is ElectricChairShow.com. My personal weird blog where I talk about this show and horror stuff and i write music and post it and all kinds of weird stuff whatever comes to my head that is on midnight so check that out and go see what weirdness is happening there um of course i'm on twitter facebook google plus you know i'm a I'm social media whore and um i'm also uh a great part of uh or not a great part but i'm part and very honored to be part of spookshow.tv as well as the Horror Podcasting Alliance. So check those both out. Um, and uh, here we are at the end of the show. And Sean, again, man, it's been great to talk with you again. And just you spend so much time here on a, on a Sunday night or whatever night it is. And uh, <laughs> just to talk with little old Midnight Corey here on, on the electric chair. So as always, it's been great, my friend. So
1: well, We appreciate it. And like I said, I,
0: we will do it anytime you want to. All right, man. Well, let's do it again soon and have a good night, man.
1: Thanks, buddy.